Hey. Hey. What's hey. up? <laughs> On the road still recording in the recording space. From somewhere in Phoenix. Yeah. We're in some hotel in Phoenix. Checking yeah. into another one in a minute. Yep. We have one show left. I know. That's crazy. It's so crazy. Back to reality. You've been seeing a lot of shadows at venues lately. Yeah, the past two days. I've seen in Phoenix and then in Vegas. Yeah. In Phoenix, I saw like a small shadow. I almost, like at first I thought it was like an animal because it was like really low to the ground and small. It was like, I don't know. Were both of them really small? No. Oh. That one was small. And that one like moved in the green room through the bathroom. Like I saw it come from the light into the dark. But that's all that happened there. And then in Las Vegas, we were at a brand new venue. It opened nine weeks prior. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, no, there's certainly nothing here. There are no ghosts. And as we were setting up the stage, like back in the kind of farthest tables, but like a little bit more centered, I saw what seemed like a shadow of someone. So I thought it was a worker. And I like looked up and there were no employees there. (laughs) So I was like, huh. Maybe my mind is just playing tricks on me. But then we had so much activity happen in both of those shows. So the ghosts are active. They're like, finally, you're wrapping up and the stage can be ours. Yeah. It's pretty wild how frequently the equipment has been going off at shows. Yeah. You would think we'd get lucky with like maybe two venues out of all 34 shows. But honestly, I think it's been like more than half. Yeah. More than like three quarters of the shows. You think? I think so. Because there's only like four or five there. It was really quiet. Yeah, where it was dead silent. We had a little bit of a run after the Alcatraz where it was like very, very quiet. The ghosts were like, why did you bring us to Alcatraz? <laughs> we're mad at you. <laughs> we're mad. But now they're back and we love them. We do. We're also going to do a whole episode where we talk about our encounters from tour and just answer questions about tour. And then we're going to read emails from people who experienced hauntings on tour. Mm-hmm. There because there's a lot. lot. Most haunted podcast in America strikes again. Yeah, it's our claim to fame and we're we're living up to the expectation yeah. that we gave ourselves. The name that we gave ourselves exactly. has been true. It has. Proven oh, also, true. We should introduce ourselves. Oh, this is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. That is Corinne. Hello. And I am Sabrina. And we're so excited to be here to tell you another spooky tale and talk about our lives and our hauntings. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even have, what's an update? I don't know. We've been on the road for two months. I'm like not even certain what's happened in life. I have one. What? I haven't showed people my my tattoos. Oh! I got two tattoos after our Halloween show and I'll show them to everyone. Approach the camera. Approach, approach the bench. <laughs> approach the bench. So I got a little ghosty and then- at the top. At the bottom is a hot sauce. And then above it is the sister tattoo you got from your sister previously. But the sister tattoo is ephemeral, which means they use a different ink and it's a tattoo that is supposed to go away after a couple of years. I've had it for a year. When I got it, they were like, it will dissolve and go away in one year. And then in the year I've had it, they've changed it to it will go away in two years. And then they've changed it again into it will go away in three years. So I might have it forever and I'm okay with that. Right. And the guy that did your new tattoo said if it does go away, it's never really away because it's just going to be like scar tissue. scar tissue. Yeah. So it'll just, it'll always be there. It's like a prison tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same thing as a tattoo. In my mind, they're different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should shout out the guy, Justin, who did my tattoo in Atlanta. He works at Black Cat Tattoo, which is just perfect. And he can come to you if you would like. Which he did. You didn't go into the studio. He came. 
To us. To us. We went to Payne Lindsay's office and got tattoos after the show. <laughs> I did not. I was dressed as a blue man. I needed to go <laughs> needed back to, to go the hotel shower. and attempt to scrub that blue off. Okay. On Instagram, he is Cham Chowder, C-H-A-M-C-H-O-W-D-E-R. He works at Black Cat Atlanta. His name is Justin and he's great. Also, shout out at CB Live. Shout out to Katie. Because Katie listens, but we didn't know that. And we didn't figure it out until we, we saw leaving. And we saw all the signature drinks and we're like, someone here must listen because these are so specific to our show. Yeah. And then we found out it was Katie. Yeah. Who, sorry, Katie, that we didn't order anything like fun. We were working <laughs> back like our time before yeah. going on stage is when we work. Yeah. So we were we were like doing podcasts. <laughs> you were listening to the episode. I was you were scheduling, scheduling an episode. An episode. I did order a cheesecake to go, and that was delicious. I ate it in bed. Yeah, it's your signature move. It is. The midnight snacker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> On the 7 a.m. snacker. Yeah. We, you, start at like, you start eating at like 2 p.m., and then you end at as we get midnight. into bed. <laughs> and I rise from bed, and I'm like, food! <laughs> so we're on opposite schedules. Yeah. Oh, okay. Justin was telling me when we were getting our tattoos, well, when I was getting my tattoo, that Black Cat tattoo at in Atlanta, a bunch of the people that Justin works with, they are like super into the occult and paranormal stuff, but like almost in a scary way that he was like, they do seances at our tattoo parlor. So that place has got to be it's really haunted. got to be creepy. And he was like, I have to leave. Like I, I can't. Yeah. On Halloween, he was like, it's good that we're not doing it in the tattoo place because they are literally doing a full-on ritual right now. I would shit myself. Yeah. And meanwhile, we were just like listening to like Creed and <laughs> getting tattoos. It reminds me of Salem. You know how like yeah. in Salem during Haunted Happenings, which is basically like the website that tells you all of the events that are going on in Salem, they always have seances, like group seances that you can be a part of. The only seance I want to be a part of is sacrificing cheesecake to my stomach. To the stomach god <laughs> within. <laughs> Yeah, what has been your favorite snack that you've had? Oh my tour? gosh, uh, Domino's has been a great treat. We've gotten it, it twice. That mac and cheese from Flower Child, Child in Charlotte, and there's one in Phoenix. Do we order it? That was <laughs> it. Was delicious. It was so good because you don't get to have mac and cheese often, and no. it was a gluten free option, and it was delicious. It was so good. Was there like truffle or something in it? It was, I don't know. Whatever it was, it was freaking great. Divine. That was my favorite. I'm trying to think what else we've eaten. A lot of crap. Oh, so much Gaining crap. weight like crazy. I can't fit into some of my t-shirts I brought. <laughs> I was like, what happened? I, I thought I bought an XL and it's like, I look like I'm, I look like a little baby who's like <laughs> being stuffed into six month old clothing and they're 12 months old. I'm like Michelin man. I was like, did this shrink? No, I got bigger. <laughs> I can't quickly. tell. I can. I can barely breathe. My underwear doesn't fit. And that's what six weeks of eating Domino's does. Yeah, it has been really hard to eat healthy on the road. Yeah. I really miss my seitan. Yeah, you've been so missing badly. your little seitan sausages. My, I miss my sausages. I miss salad. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? I never thought I would say those, those words. My brain has forgotten that word. Lettuce. Lettuce. Uh, broccoli. Oh, I love broccoli. We met someone at one of the venues and he was really impressed with how many shows we were doing. And he does stand up himself. And he was like, how do you guys stay healthy while you're on tour? And we're like, we don't. That's the answer. We just don't. It's, it's hard. hard. It's difficult. I've worked out maybe. You've worked out a lot. 
Yeah, but I feel like not in comparison to normal life. Yeah, I'm not working out every day. Yeah. Anyway, stay tuned for a full recap of tour coming up in a couple weeks. Yes. Yes. How wild. Okay. Okay. I have brought a mystery to us for this episode, or maybe more of a conspiracy theory, if you will. I wish we had tinfoil hats we could put on. Let's call the front desk. Quick, we need a roll of tinfoil. We need a roll of tinfoil. Bring it up. No, this is... This is a mystery slash conspiracy. Okay. On February 21st, 1997, there was a man named Mel Waiters, or Waters, who called into Art Bell's radio show, Coast to Coast (sighs) AM. He was calling in from Washington State. His home was about nine miles from Ellensburg in a very rural area near Manistash Ridge. I probably pronounced most of that wrong. Okay, so Mel was very concerned about his land, and this is why he was calling in, because he had discovered this giant hole on his land. The hole did not appear to be a sinkhole. It was not a cave or a pond. It was empty. It was dark. It was vast, nine feet in diameter, and an unknown depth. Just a hole. A hole. A gaping hole. Nothing in it. Well, there would be a lot in it, but nothing that they could bring out of it. But they would put things in. Also, I really want to do something real quick. You've got an idea. I have an idea. <laughs> oh, God. This is like a sleepover in 2007, and we're like making videos on iMovie or photo booths. Sorry, it was the only thing I could think about after talking about tinfoil hats, and so I needed to do it, or I, I would not be paying attention. You the <laughs> okay, now it's done. Now I'm back. Okay. gaping hole okay so mel was very concerned about this gaping hole the hole went straight down and in an attempt to measure how deep it was mel had taken some fishing line and he tied a weight to it he lowered the line down into the hole and when he got to the end of the line which he had i think attached multiple lines together it had still not touched the (gasps) bottom the fishing line was eighty thousand feet i don't even know how long that took him to lower it yeah but it still wouldn't reach the bottom and so, this came out of nowhere. Like he he woke up one day and all of a sudden a hole was there. No. Okay. But he bought the property and the hole was there. Gotcha. So he was new to the property. Ish, yes. Okay. Okay. Not at the time that he was calling, but like it had been a concern for long enough that he thought he'd call into Coast Gotcha. Coast. It okay. didn't just appear Thank last you. night and he was calling Art That's Bell. That's what I was. That wasn't his first step. Okay. No. Okay, great. There was a lot of other stuff and it got to. He was trying things out. The community was involved and that's when he called Art Bell. Okay. After all of that. Got it. So the fishing line... And the weighted waiter (laughs) at the bottom, he used ropes with cameras attached to them. He lowered sound equipment down into the tunnel, and he still could not find anything significant. Nothing would explain this never-ending hole. And the hole seemed terrifying to most of the people. It was just sitting there. It was gaping open, swallowing anything or anyone who would slip in because it was never-ending. Right. But this hole had a lot more to offer because it also had some magical properties. (gasps) So Mel was not the first person to learn of this hole. Maybe he was the first to measure it or attempt to measure it. But for years, the hole had been used by locals to dump their trash. So people would bring <laughs> old appliances, car parts, roadkill, their beloved pets. I was going to say, I feel like there's some dead bodies down there. For sure. That's why you were like, it's empty. I was like, it's certainly not empty. There's, there's, there's stuff there, in there. There's things down there. We just can't retrieve them. Oh, geez. So Mel also used it as a dump. It was on his property. How convenient. But... 
he and all these people, they started to wonder about this hole. And then they realized after many, many years, it never seemed to fill. So no matter how much was being dumped by the entire town, this nine foot in diameter hole never seemed to fill up. So Mel's neighbor came over with his beloved dog that had passed away. Mm-hmm. And he was hoping to lower his dog into the hole to have this be his final resting spot. The dog's remains were gently lowered into the darkness. And at some point, the rope was released, leaving the dog's body to fall to unknown depths. Yeah, I was going to ask, how do you gently lower something in there if you don't know where the depths are? But you lower it enough gently until your that heart, you can't see it? Yeah. Until okay. your heart feels okay to release it. Okay. But sometime after that, people began catching glimpses of this dog. It's pet cemetery? It's a pet cemetery, basically. Holy yes. shit. Literally, holy shit. Yeah, the dog was there. It was alive. It was wandering around the town and in the woods. And the owner himself, he saw the dog and was like calling out to his dog. But he got no response. The dog would not come. It was very skittish. And what? eventually sightings of the dog grew less and less frequent until people no longer saw it at all. But it had somehow come up out of that hole alive. So could it be that this hole was not a hole? It was some type of portal, some type of magical healing space, or some weird pet cemetery shit yeah, was going say, on. Healing or terrifying because pet cemetery yeah. is uh, twisted. Creepy. So if that's the case, Mel definitely wanted to figure out what this hole was and how to harness it. It was on his land. And so... He needed to figure out what these properties were and how to go about using the hole. As soon as he gained the attention of the neighboring town, so like the people in his neighborhood all knew about the hole, but soon rumors started to spread and the hole was no longer just a dumping hole. It was something much more. And all of the neighboring towns and the state, everybody eventually in America would learn about this hole because of Mel's appearance on Coast to Coast AM. Everyone was curious about Mel's hole. Paranormal researchers, regular townspeople, skeptics, people wanted to know about this mysterious and magical hole. Like, what is this thing? I don't know why, but the more times you say hole, the more like disturbed I get. (laughs) I want to see in your hole. (laughs) The gaping hole. We all love Mel's big, gaping black hole. (laughs) (laughs) And people really wanted to know if Mel's hole was true, too. Because, I mean, the neighbor said they saw it. Mel said he saw it. It was on private property. It's right. not like this public display that people could pay five bucks and go see Mel's hole, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in some weird gas stations you might see that yeah. message. You don't okay. get warning, though. That, that no. just appears. No. <laughs> okay, so people wanted to know if it was true and word spread around. Mel's story of his backyard hole was questioned as well because they're skeptics. People of aren't really like fully believing him. Was Mel telling the truth? Is this just a prank? Why can't we visit the hole? All of these questions were good to ask. Why can't we touch the hole? <laughs> yeah. Put things into the hole. <laughs> yeah. Why is this a special hole only for a few people? Why can't everyone have access to this hole? Let's share the hole. Let's all gather around the hole and Welcome chant. to Two Girls, One Ghost. <laughs> so the mystery of Mel's hole only grew when Mel himself was visited by U.S. federal agents. And as Mel was heading to the hole one day, a man in a suit approached him and said, hey, this area is now closed off because there was a plane crash. B.S. And Mel looked on and he saw no evidence of a plane crash. And also no one in the town heard or saw a plane crash. And it's his property. Right. But he did spot a few people in biohazard suits standing not far from the suited man who like approached him and stopped him from coming forward. 
Soon after, the government offered him a sizable amount of money to vacate the land, essentially seizing it from Mel, like renting it, but like he doesn't have permission, like a normal landlord, to even come onto the land anymore. This is like Stranger Things. It is. And the excuse was plane crash. Plane crash makes the government pay you a shit ton of money to never come back to your land. How convenient that the plane crashed right next to the hole. I know. (laughs) It crashed into the hole. That's why they couldn't see it. Yep. Okay. (laughs) I feel like you were going somewhere disturbing. I know. I'm stopping myself. Okay. Okay. So Mel wasn't allowed to go back on the land. So he and his wife, they took the money and they moved to Australia. But losing access to this land didn't stop Mel or the neighbors from speaking about the hole. Yeah. Mel Waters called into Coast to Coast AM four times in total, discussing this hole with Art Bell. And years later, after moving to Australia and very strong urging and messaging from the government for Mel to never return, Mel Waters did return. Fuck yeah, Mel. He went back to Washington. But before he could get to his town, he was on this bus heading from the airport to the town. Police officers got on the bus and they removed him. What? He has no memory of what happened next. (gasps) But he became conscious two weeks later. He was on the streets of San Francisco, missing a few teeth. There were marks on his arm that appeared to be IV marks. And so he basically thought, like, he must have been drugged or something significantly and dumped in a whole other state. Yes. What the fuck? Oh, my God. I know. This didn't deter him, though. He's like, I'm still getting back to my town. Yeah. I would be like, I want to go even more because of how they clearly are trying to keep me from something. Right. Yeah, and how scary to, like, miss all that time, too. The police take you, and then, like, when did you even lose consciousness, too? Like, what is your brain blocking out for you to not remember versus just— makes me so sad. It is very sad. And it's his land. Yeah. They're leasing it, but also not letting him on it. (laughs) (laughs) Or did they take it fully? Because they could have given him money and then been like, this is no ours. No, it said that they were, like, leasing it from him. I think Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Leasing it, but he wasn't allowed back on. And they gave him a ton of money to vacate for them to, like, rent it indefinitely. Interesting. So he eventually made it back to his town, but he felt like he was being stalked the entire time, being watched. And he couldn't get back to his land because it had been taken over by the government and it was fully blocked off. So you can just, like, walk in and wander through the trees and get there. Could you imagine being a kid growing up in that town? Like the local the legend of Mel's Hole. The dares of trying to get to Mel's Hole. To find hole. it. Yeah. yeah. So curiously, others had claimed that when they were there dumping trash and whatnot into the hole, if they had portable radios on them, the radios would begin to play. Only they weren't playing the modern radio. They were emitting broadcasts from the past. What? And so now all of these people are coming forward and there's all these rumors circulating now that people can't get into the hole. And this is what's coming out. A few of his neighbors also witnessed a dark, blacker than black beam shoot up and out of the hole like a flashlight, but it was in daylight. So it was like part of the sky just went completely obsidian black. (laughs) I'm obsessed with this. Okay, keep going. I like need to know everything about it. When metal was brought close to the opening of the hole, it would change form, melting and shifting into other types of metal, creating new properties. Mel wanted to experiment with this a little bit. So like when he, before the government had taken it, when he was experimenting with this hole, he took many different substances and he lowered them into the hole and he placed a bucket of ice into the hole, lowered it 1,500 feet, then lifted it back out 
and the ice was very warm, but it wasn't melted. It was like hot, frozen ice that also was now flammable. What the heck? I don't know. This is the crazy, and it also seems like, I mean, just the way that you're explaining it, it makes it seem like it became more powerful over time. Mm -hmm. And like almost like the more things it collected, the more energy it got. Right. And this is obviously why the government was like, holy shit, let's yeah. freaking take this over. Something weird's happening. That is so wild. Yeah. And it's all because he made the call to, like, I wonder if they would have ever figured it out if he hadn't made the call to Coast to Coast AM. Right. But I mean, like, he doesn't have access to the whole anymore, but he's still calling into Art Bell's show and he's telling- Talking about it. Yeah. Talking about it and telling about the experiments that he did do when he did have access to it. Sadly, as Mel's curiosity peaked and his experiments left him more dumbfounded than when he began, Mel's experiments became a bit more extreme. Oh. He lowered a live sheep into the hole, dropping it the same distance down as the bucket of ice, 1,500 feet. The sheep was terrified. Mel's own dogs would not come within 100 feet of the hole, and birds and other wildlife, they would never sit on the metal grate that he had placed over the hole to like keep people and things from falling into it. Yet this poor sheep was not able to get away. The sheep was kicking and screaming and crying the whole way down. And then suddenly it went completely silent. Oh, no. And now trigger warning. Skip ahead if you don't want to hear about this animal death. When the sheep was brought back up to the surface, it had cooked. It was cooked alive. But there was also a large lump on its side. And Mel looked on in horror as this lump began to move. So he grabbed his knife and he cut this open and a creature was inside its eyes were wide blinking at him and then it leapt into the hole like just flung itself back down into the dark never-ending hole a creature a creature <laughs> it's like the movie alien and not long after neighbors sheep herders hunters a ton of people in the area would claim to see this very creature wandering around though they felt like it was giving off benevolent energy so it was just kind of there they weren't really scared of it, but it was seen. I mean, it does sound like it wanted to be back in the hole. Like it, it was it never meant to come yeah, out. Yeah, it can climb the hole. But I guess maybe once it did get out, it was curious enough that it did return to the right. surface. So after encountering this creature, Mel's cancer suddenly and miraculously disappeared. What? He was just cancer completely gone. Because I was going to say it feels like there's a lot of radiation down there. Yeah, you would think it would be hurting people right. more than anything. But it did bring a dead dog back to life. Yeah, it's true. I guess Mel was like, was this the creature that did this? Was this the healing properties of the whole? Like what sort of encounter or what experience right. that I've had out of numerous ones cured my cancer? Jeez. So whatever it was, Mel credits the hole with his recovery. And in another experiment, Mel yelled into this hole. There was no echo. It simply absorbed all of the sound. When they dropped large pieces of trash, like refrigerators, into the pit, there was no sound. Yet other people have heard strange sounds and noises and screams emanating from the depths of the hole. Screams. And that these noises sound otherworldly. So, <laughs> isn't this wild? This is wild. I've never heard of this. Because it's kind of like a, it's like legend, lore, conspiracy theory, or right. the truth. Like, it's a mystery. Because also, a lot of this is reports of what Mel did prior to losing the hole. Right. And 
probably not much evidence to no. confirm what he experienced. I mean, it was the late 90s too. So he probably wasn't really thinking too much about like content. You right. Know? <laughs> like he's not TikToking. <laughs> no, the guy doesn't even have a cell phone yet. So he was not filming these things. I, I could guarantee that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so conspiracy theories surrounding Mel's Hole have gone from this being an entry point to a massive underground cave system to a natural formation with such unique properties that it defies conventional scientific understanding and will rewrite geology, physics, and chemistry as we know it, to a government experiment gone wrong with a hidden facility under the surface, to a portal between the alien world and ours. I would love to like do a scraping, like a biopsy of the internal organs of the hole to understand like what it is to like lower something 15,000 feet and just like drag it up like the side. scrape the sides of yeah it. I think it was I'm pretty sure I wrote it in here somewhere so we might get to it but I think it was like brick for as far as they could see or like stone or something okay, from where brick would be see. like is this man-made but if it's stone yeah okay we'll we'll get there because okay, okay. I can't quite remember okay so it would make sense if any of this were true that the government or a government agency would want to kick the locals out and not have access to this thing because the locals were <laughs> primarily just dumping trash in it. <laughs> Imagine aliens just like opening up a portal and being like, finally, like the humans will figure out and like raise their consciousness level. And we're just like, great, I'll put my old refrigerator in here. Dump my trash. Dump my trash. Jeez. And they also probably would not want someone like Mel advertising this hole to the masses. Too bad, because even when they took the hole, he still was calling into Coast yeah, to Coast AM. You can't silence him. Yeah. So people began to look into Mel and his story. Was Mel telling the truth? Was Mel who he said he was? And in conversations with Art Bell, he mentioned his wife taught at CWU, Central Washington University. And with the name of the town that he lived near, knowledge of his wife's job, and knowledge that he generally owned about nine acres of land or so in this rural area, this proximity, People looked into town and property records, but they could find no evidence of a man named Mel Waters living in the area. Oh, really? So some people thought, done, this is proof, debunked. But others disagreed because if the land was meant to be kept a secret, how easy could it be for Mel's information to be scrubbed from the records? This is also the 90s too, so it's not like you're easily finding things on the internet. You right. have to like go in person and do some research. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's different agencies out there that are very powerful in changing people's identities or scrubbing information. And Clearly. If they made him forget two weeks of life, like, yeah, they, they've right. got ability to do a lot. That's again, like it still is in the conspiracy thing where it's like, would we as the public definitely have access to Mel's information no matter what? No. Or could this have been altered and changed and blocked out from any public's knowledge because of who now controls the land. Right. And rumor has it, this area is also blurred out on Google Earth. You can't <gasps> get close. Have that. you tried to look? No. Well, we don't have the exact like town or anything. Well, didn't you say the town? I said where it's near. Okay, well, I'm going to look like over the, outskirts. the entire... The way I assumed it would be is like not from far out i feel like it's probably one of those things where you know certain places you can't zoom in fully without it getting really grainy mm. okay how much time do we have <laughs> <laughs> not enough for this okay this is what i'll do sitting by the pool today okay <laughs> so mel also went on to claim that he found another hole quite similar to this in the badlands of nevada while the washington state hole had 
brick lining the hole. Okay, so it was brick. He said as far as they could see with the camera and everything, it was brick. That's so wild. Which is weird. Yeah. He said this one had metal coating the whole thing. So people are like, okay, what are the chances that the same guy finds both of these holes? Like, that's suspicious. That's weird. Or is it like Mel was meant to find the holes? Exactly. That's like the counter argument, yeah. basically. It's like, is this just him kind of making up things? Or m- maybe he truly believes it himself. But yeah. it's, all, it's all existing in his world only. But he or, has neighbors and stuff that have confirmed things. True. Okay. It's hard because there's like group hallucinations. There's people that want to just be in on things. Yeah. Even with like true crime cases, the stuff comes up all the time. So. Right. I'm fully in on the Mel's whole conspiracy. Like I don't even know everything, but like no matter what anyone says, I'm going to be like, okay, but you could also say this. Yeah. And I want to believe Mel's whole seems pretty wild and wacky and cool and scary. Mel's (laughs) whole is my new home. (laughs) That's that's what I want. I live in Mel's whole. Okay. So obviously more people were questioning Mel, especially after he came out saying that he found a second hole. Yeah. I will say this. I only read one article that said that he had found a second hole. So I don't know if that part is factual. Gotcha. Okay. But there was a group of people who claimed to hear a voice coming out of the hole. And that voice was Mel's voice. (laughs) Mel's haunting the hole. Mel's haunting the hole. Could something be calling to Mel? Could it be connected to these portals? People just have no idea why or how or what if Mel was like talking into one of the holes and it came out of this hole? Oh, whoa. That's crazy. Like they're connected. It's like a walkie-talkie situation. Right. So they don't know how Mel's voice is just existing and coming out of this hole sometimes. I'm just picturing like old Greg living at the bottom of these holes. (laughs) (laughs) What you doing in my waters? (laughs) So Seattle's K-O-M-O, Como? TV station found someone who claimed to continue to visit this hole, like actually sneak through and and gain access long after Mel and his wife had moved away and the government supposedly seized the land. This was a man named Gerald R. Osborne, an intertribal medicine man whose ceremonial name is Red Elk. And he said that his father had brought him to this hole back in 1961 and told him that this was a bottomless hole. And since then, this man, Gerald or Red Elk, he has returned many more times. In 2012, he said that this area was certainly being used by the U.S. government as a top secret base for this area had a ton of alien activity that he had witnessed over the decades. Gerald slash Red Elk is not the only one who's claimed to venture into this hole after Mel's departure either. Many people say that they know where the hole is and they visit the hole. Yet when it's up to them to lead a group to the hole, it can never be found. It's kind of like um, superstition, mountains. yeah, yes, like the hidden treasure, yeah. Only those who are meant to see can see, which is also fascinating because that makes me think that despite the government having this like lockdown and quarantined, it doesn't matter because the people who are called to it and allowed to go visit it are going to be able to. Yeah. Like they're in protected. a secret. Yeah. They're given a path to go there. Yeah. A geologist named Jack Powell, who had worked as an exploratory geologist, taught geology at CWU for 11 years. And he worked with the Department of Natural Resources for over 20 years. He believes that this story is entirely a myth. So he's one of the experts that people have like interviewed and stuff when they 
cover Mel's hole. He says that he thinks it was inspired by the many mine shafts left abandoned around Washington State, Mm. some a few hundred feet deep. Jack Powell explained that the deepest mine shaft in the world is 12,672 feet deep. That's so deep. That's so deep. It's in South Africa. The deepest known cavern is 7,188 feet in Georgia, the country. And the deepest hole ever drilled was by the Russians in 1989, going 40,230 feet deep. How deep is the core of the earth? I have no idea. Deep. I need to figure out how deep. Because what's that movie? Is it called The Core? Journey, Journey to the Center of the Earth? No, I think it's called Core. Oh, I have no idea. Let's see. The Core. Yeah, it's like a science fiction film and this like group of people go down into the core. I don't know. I don't remember where it goes. Let's see. How deep is the core? Okay, it's about 1,802 miles below Earth's surface. So deep. <laughs> Very deep. Very deep. Okay, so basically when he heard that Mal Waters had run out of fishing line at 80,000 feet, he was like, I know that this is fraud. Like that. That's impossible. No person has ever done this. Yeah. It sounds like this guy just is stating why it would be impossible for it to exist. But in my mind, it's not a earthly creation. It's like an impossible yeah. thing. Even if it was an earthly creation, like we haven't seen everything. If someone was like, I found a 100,000 foot cavern. You'd be like, no, actually, the only deepest naturally occurring one is a, a little over 7,000 feet. That's just because that's the one you, you've seen. Right, right. That's the one you've discovered. Like, this is clearly not man-made to No. Me. Yeah. No. Okay, so he thought that this was basically a local mine shaft that Mel had encountered, and this inspired his whole story, and he just kind of, like, ran mm-hmm. with it. And that he thought these stories were just being increasingly exaggerated as they were retold. People were getting into it. You know, people were lying or in on the joke or whatever. Right. Also, he said it would be impossible because a hole that deep would collapse into itself under the tremendous pressure and heat from the surrounding strata. Okay. So it's impossible for a hole to just exist on Earth like that, according to a scientist. (laughs) (laughs) What does he know? (laughs) I almost said that guy, but then I was like, wait, he has way more credentials. (laughs) But that would be a regular hole, like you said. Yeah. But we're forgetting sometimes that this is a magical hole, like you said. <laughs> it's it's not of – or maybe it is of Earth, but it's there's something else magical that we don't understand about yeah. it. Yeah. A portal of sorts, a entry point for extraterrestrials, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But for those who wander through the woods to find this hole, the presence of dark shadows amongst the woods and the feeling of being watched often accompany them on the journey. Are these spirits, are these signs that this enigma of a hole, a paranormal portal, is near? Or is the government watching I was just going to say, is it the government? Guarding Mel's hole forever. And so the mystery remains. I so badly want to find Mel's hole. Like I've never (laughs) wanted, like the way that you feel about wanting to see and find Bigfoot, Bigfoot. I think I feel that same sentiment towards Mel's hole. Like it's wild. The first time I ever heard of this, I was like, what in the world is this place? I've had it on my list for a couple of years. I'm so curious too of like, because it seems like a lot of the narrative is told from Mel. Is Mel still around? Do we know where he is? Uh, I have no idea. Okay, well, let's go find Mel and interview. That would be such a cool interview. Yeah, I think when he called into Art Bell, I, I'm, I don't remember, but I think it was something within like 
four years of his okay. original. So it wasn't it's not been something that he's continued, continued to do to interviews for. Yeah, I mean, after losing two weeks and being kicked out, like I feel like I would just slow down. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of neighbors in that town and a lot of people had encounters and experiences. Like it sounds like we've never heard from them. Like mm-hmm. I would be curious to hear from other people and yeah. their experiences. And if anyone lives here that listens to this podcast and knows anything about like the legend, the lore, like what do the locals say? Yeah, I need to know. What have you grown up hearing about this? Because is this just really fun lore or is, it is real? this real? We need our tin hats. I'm truly going to spend some time looking at the maps. Looking at the maps because it's supposedly blurred out. Yeah, that's also like a cool... I feel like we've talked about this before, doing like an episode on blurred out places on the maps. Yeah, we've talked about a Google Earth one. Yeah. All the like weird things on Google Earth. Yeah. We should bring that idea back. Yeah, if you going have ever it. seen something weird on Google Earth, please send it to us and we'll do some research. Yeah. I also feel like the Mel's Hole one would be hard because who knows if the whole area is blocked out or if it's just like two pixels of the actual hole. Right. Because would you notice that? I imagine it's got to be the whole area. I don't know. But then it's almost more obvious. Because Area Area 51, if you look at it on maps, is like really blocked out. Is it? Yeah. But also here's the other thing. Here's another conspiracy theory in me. Or like my distrust of everybody. everyone, yeah. It could be not blocked out, but not an actual representation of what's there. Oh, like they put something else there? Yeah. That's true. They can manipulate whatever they want. They're the government. Welcome to America. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth, yeah. And like, is it even the government? It could be some other agency that like they just assumed was the government, but it was, what if it's just the men in black? It's like the government thinks they're in control, but there's actually another agency above us controlling everything because this is the Sims. Right. My brain like could not process in the airport the other day when I was about to throw out my water bottle in the trash can. And I thought to myself in that exact moment, I really wish that there was like a thing that you could dump all of your water into before you put it into the recycling because it seems like such a waste. And I turn around and there's this man like waving and kind of going like, wait, wait, wait. And he's carting over a thing for me to pour my water into. Yeah. And I was like, what in the simulation is going on right now? You literally created it. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like that in the moment. (laughs) It is so bizarre. I can't spend too much time thinking about it because then I get like, the amount of conspiracies I can create in thinking about what is life and is this a simulation mm-hmm. are endless. Like, same as you're talking about this, I was like, what if the government created the Mandela effect? Like, what if the government's really not even small? the government? Like, it's just this other entity or like energy force that we associate it as being like anything that's taken from us, we assume it's the government. But what if it's not? It's just something completely out of control. And we, right, in men in black. Because, yeah, I mean, literally, we the amount, the very little that we know is bizarre. Like, we don't know. know anything. It's so weird because part of me is like, I want to know everything. But the other part of me is like, maybe in this life, I'm just supposed to like chill and have a good time and garden <laughs> and just enjoy my time. Do I really need to be stressed about all that stuff when I, I can't mean, control it? That's why we create all these little hobbies and things. Because if we didn't have those, we would spend far too much time thinking about the existential crisis of life and it would drive us all crazy. Yeah. And what is life like for the people that actually know? I want to know, like, who's the one person on earth that is closest to knowing everything? Like all of the secrets. We'll never know. how is their life? Like, are they okay? 
I'm concerned well, then, for them. Well, then that's the thing. What was it? There was one episode that we did where it was like the guy who he ended up running for president, I think. And he said that he was like a time traveler and he was like able to go oh. back in time and like talk to George Washington and tell him to cross the Delaware River to like help win the war. Was this one you did? I think so. Okay. But like when you hear stories like that, people then start to think that that person is crazy. Mm-hmm. And what if actually all of that was true, but no one else can understand it. So we're not ready to seem we don't allow ourselves to be convinced of certain things because we don't really want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, wow. that's Mel's hole. And catch me wandering around Washington, <laughs> Washington. State. <laughs> Actually, tour's not hole. done. We're going to go to Washington <laughs> for a month and walk around the woods. Yeah, we'll look for Bigfoot and Mel's hole at the same Great. time. That's a, the perfect place to do we'll it. find Bigfoot first and then ask Bigfoot where Mel's hole is. I and then Bigfoot like, will bring us there. I feel like, yeah, Bigfoot would be around Mel's hole. Yeah. Great. It almost feels easier to find Bigfoot and ask Bigfoot and then, than yeah. to find Mel's hole at this point. Great. See you. See you there. <laughs> Changing my flight. Okay. I have a story from a listener. This is from our listener C and it's called Portal Opener on T. Hi, girls. It's C. Like I previously mentioned, I have so many encounters to share with you, but this is not as much of a lengthy story compared to others, but it deals with shadow people. I was nine when the first encounter occurred. I was in my parents' room and I was watching my newborn sister, while my parents were in the living room watching TV. The only light I had was the nightlight and everything else was pitch black. I didn't realize I had fallen asleep until I opened my eyes and saw a figure standing over my sister's crib. Oh God, over the crib. I sat up, but the figure placed a finger to their lips, telling me to be quiet. (sighs) How ominous. And then they leaned down towards me. I thought it was my mom that was checking on my sister, so... I laid back down and closed my eyes, but me being a kid, I peeked, but then I didn't see anyone there. I looked towards the door to see if my mom was still walking towards it and no one was there, nor did I hear the door open. I walked out to see my parents still sitting comfortably on the couch and I asked my mom if she came into the room and checked on us. She said she and my dad had not gotten up. Since I was nine, I stayed in the second largest room in my house, which was literally the size of two bedrooms. I slept on one side of the room where my right side of my bed is against a wall and facing the door. The other side of the room was my vanity and my dressers. One night when I was sleeping, I woke up to my blanket moving on my headboard. It wasn't slipping off. It was being pushed inwards towards me. (laughs) It was still dark, so I couldn't see much. But I'm like imagining it being pushed off her feet and up further. Oh, Like it's a weird, I don't know. It was still dark, so I couldn't see much, but I called out to my mom and asked what she was doing, but there was no response. As soon as I realized no one was there, I stopped calling whatever it was and moved my back against the wall before praying. I'm not sure how many days after, but I was laying in bed, falling asleep, when I heard a pile of books that was on my vanity fall over and a couple of frames too. I got so scared, I hid under the covers, and the sound was so loud that my dad came into my room to check on me. I said something fell over and pointed towards my vanity. My dad checked and told me it was just my books and told me to go back to sleep since I had school the next day and it was getting late. The book part reminds me of Interstellar. I'm like, someone's in a portal, like pushing pushing. things over, trying to get your attention. Wow. 
Another encounter that happened when I was 15 or 16 was that I fell asleep with my door open and I woke up to a figure standing in my doorway. It was dark and the hall lights were not on, but I could still make out what looked like someone standing in my door. Again, I called out to see if it was my mom and the figure just stood there, not saying a single word before turning and walking away from my door. Who are you, figure? I was too tired to do anything, so I went back to sleep. The next day, I asked my mom if it was her, but she said no, that she didn't wake up in the middle of the night that time. I'm not the only one who has seen these shadow people. My younger sister recently saw one. She was standing looking in the mirror at the end of the hall, and the mirror had a clear view of the front living room. She said that while she was looking in the mirror, she saw something cross the front living room. My parents tried to debunk it, possibly being a shadow on the outside of the neighbor's curtain, making it seem like something was there, or that it was my dad who passed the front window. But my sister said it didn't look the same as a person walking across. It was something like a shadow. My cousin used to live with us, and we were in the kitchen talking late one night about our experiences in the house. We were talking about seeing shadow people around the house and the encounters we faced during the trip to the motherland with our cousins. Mid-conversation, a Tabasco bottle on the dining table falls over and the oven timer started beeping. We both looked at each other, picked up the bottle. My cousin turned off the timer and we were like, what was that? (laughs) We tried to debunk the reason why it fell over by pushing the table and literally moving it two feet. The bottle never budged. We thought the bottle was placed on top of something that made it lean over, but nothing. This is like your tattoos combined, like hot sauce and a ghost. Ghostly hot sauce. A few weeks later, my dad's sister came over and she talked about her paranormal experiences around the house when she was growing up. She said when she was a teenager, her and her cousins played with a Ouija board Mm. and they got so scared that they threw it away and it later reappeared. (laughs) That is a nightmare. It's like that and leaving a doll like in the woods blindfolded or something and then it finding you again. Those are top spooky for me. Yeah. She says, I'm not sure if she said goodbye or not after they threw it away, but whatever it was, she probably opened a portal for all of these occurrences to happen in our house. I have no idea what happened to the Ouija board or if someone has it, but my dad has also told me about my aunt doing Ouija board sessions and speaking in tongues. Thank you for listening. I'm not sure if I have more stories to tell. My mom also has a Ouija board story, she told me. and Just a spooky family. Yeah. Everybody's playing with Ouija boards. (laughs) Everyone. Once I remember them, I will email them to you guys and give you and the viewers goosebumps. See you girls on the other side. See. Wow. I mean. Portals. Portals. And like, it feels like it's within the family. It almost feels like, you know, Mel might have been the chosen one to find different holes. Hole hunter. Whole hunter. <laughs> but it is weird. It's like everyone's encountering this shadow. Everyone's tempted and yeah. drawn to Ouija boards. I am curious. Okay, the Ouija board coming back is terrifying, yeah. but it does seem like these shadows are like maternal, parental type of entities. Like they are continuously checking up on the kids. That's true. That's true. Like looking at the her younger sister in the crib checking on her and like looking at her from the doorway. Maybe they were just trying to read a book, like pick out a book for a bedtime story to. Yeah. And then it just accidentally fell and then they were oops and they like fall back and more things fall. They're like, oh my God. Or if C forgot to do their homework and the ghost is like, come on, you didn't do it. It's a reminder. A reminder. Yeah. And then the hot sauce and the oven timer going off. It's like, 
Well, C and their cousin were talking about all of their encounters. And it was almost like the ghost being like, yep, we're here. Making a sign. Yeah. Or there's just a very clumsy ghost. <laughs> Who was like trying to be nosy and be like, what are they saying about yeah. me? Constantly tripping and, and then falling into over things. things. Oh, shit. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Interesting. Well, if you've uh, opened a portal or found a hole in your backyard, <laughs> if you're a hole hunter... Please email us your encounters to two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. You can support us in a variety of ways. Rate and review us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen. Tell everybody about us. Pyramid Scheme works. We've Pyramid seen it. Scheme. We have live in action at our at our live shows. Uh-huh. And you can also check out our website and follow us on social media to figure out what we're up to. Yeah. We're up to a lot of things. Searching for Mel's hole and Bigfoot. <laughs> Forget going home. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Jamie for producing and editing this episode. Thank you to Avery and our whole team. We really appreciate all of you. And thank you to all of you for listening. And we will see see you on the other side. Very spooky.